Gracious God, thank you for this incredibly good, incredibly precious opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I loved watching all the parents come walking in this morning because they all look exactly how I feel. And it's kind of one of those feelings of, what just happened to us? What just happened to us? And I think that's the question that everybody around here is going to be asking for a while, because how many times have we as a congregation personally prayed for victims of other hurricanes? And every time we do that, we always acknowledge, hey, we know about this. We live on the Gulf Coast. We're hurricane people. We get it. And then Irma. It's one thing, it's one thing to, to know peripherally in the back of your brain about the threat of hurricanes. We always have those jokes, right? If it's not a Category 3, don't call me. I'll just, you know, I'm a Floridian and, and I've got this. But I think we need to take a minute, y'all, and just kind of name all the things that, that we have been feeling the last two weeks. Fear, panic, stress, frustration, more fear, more frustration, anxiety, relief, worry, gratitude, just to name a few of the things that have been going through our veins the last eight to ten days. One of the things, though, that, that we've felt as, as a congregation during this time is a sense of togetherness. And that was something that I prayed, I prayed for because I also prayed that we would not feel isolated. It is a very scary thing to go through life alone and isolated. And so my prayer was that we would not feel isolated from one another, from this community, from our country, but most especially that none of us would go through this feeling isolated from God. There were moments during Irma when all of the Caribbean and Florida was wondering, who, who's at the wheel of this? Who is driving this crazy train? Because she, Irma would go right, then left, then right, then left. And, and it seemed as though God maybe fell asleep. But our history in our faith says, no, that is not what happened. If we took time this morning to read the entire Old Testament, do you guys want to do that? <laughs> If we, if we took time this morning, read the entire Old Testament, we would see again and again and again how in the middle of chaos and storm, God shows up. He always shows up. He's always faithful. Even in our doubt, even when we have questions and coming out of this event, let's be honest, there are plenty of questions that people of faith are going to have to wrestle with. But God is always there. And we are not alone. In Isaiah, the prophet is writing to a scattered people, scattered the way that we have been the last eight to ten days. They are all over the place, literally, because they're in exile. And they've gotten to a point where people are starting to be pitted against other people. You've got nations going to war. You've got leaders who are posturing to rule. Militaries are competing for strength. And God calls upon the people the people themselves, to be silent and to reflect on who God is and what he's called his people to be. So Isaiah 4 reads, Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? 
I, the Lord, am first, and I will be with the last. So what happens here is God claims responsibility for his people, and he claims his actions in the storm. Several years ago, the elders, elders of our church were in a discussion about faithfulness and about the presence of God. And one of the elders said that if, if you're planning on giving God all the glory when everything goes well, then you need to be prepared to hold God accountable and to ask God those questions of what he's doing when things aren't going well. And basically that's the question of, is, is God only with us when the chips fall in, in our favor? And here's one of those theological questions that we're going to have to start thinking about. Okay, we can say God was with us here in Bradenton. Does that mean that God abandoned the entire island of Barbuda just to get up here to Bradenton and protect us? God claims his holiness as, as the creator. He says that he is first. And church people often, when they hear that, when, when they hear God says, I am the first, they also hear, and I am the last. So they tend to miss this, this little verse that says, I will be with the last. The last, then, being the least of these. And I think we probably have to get a handle on what God's idea of the least of these is. Let's, let's confess a few things. We made it. As a congregation and as a community, we made it through the storm. And one of the most annoying things that I have seen post-storm is people complaining that their internet or that their cable is not back on. That is, that is a bummer. I understand that. But there are people in our congregation who have been without power for almost a week. Now, of course, those people still have shelter. They still have homes or apartments. They still have something to return to. So by any stretch of the imagination, we cannot say that, that we are the least of these. But the good news of that is that God says, I will be with the last. Meaning all of us, all of us are covered under these promises of God that he will be with us. Isaiah's prophecy continues, it's almost as though he's standing out on Holmes Beach right before the storm. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Both coasts of Florida, the whole Caribbean saw what was coming, and we were afraid. We were afraid, and we know, we know that there was fear because stores sold out of water, bread, gas, several days before the storm. Pictures from right here in Bradenton show these apocalyptic images of empty shelves with like one lonely loaf of bread. Can you imagine being that one lonely loaf of bread that got rejected in the storm, right? And lines and lines and lines of gas and people pushing carts out of Walmart as though this was the last time they were ever going to see water again. Plywood flying off the shelves, generators in high demand, and then the evacuation started on top of that. So clearly, for us as a city to say that, that we weren't afraid, that denies the actions that show otherwise. But in the midst of that, as in Scripture, each one helps the other, saying to one another, take courage, 
The artisan encourages the goldsmith, the one who smooths with the hammer, encourages the one who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good. And they fasten it with nails so that it cannot be moved. You've got that image, right? You saw neighbor upon neighbor helping board up, encouraging one another, sharing what they had. There's going to be countless stories that come out of this event that are going to give testimony to the goodness of humanity during the storm. All of these neighbors who stepped up, sharing generators, helping others do laundry and and cooling down, there was and is a tremendous amount of good that can be celebrated in the wake of Irma. But beyond the goodness of the humanity on display this week, God calls to us, the church, specifically. His people. And he says, but you, but you, O Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. You, whom I took from the ends of the earth, called in from its farthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant, I chose you, I will not cast you off, do not fear, I am with you, do not be afraid, I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. As God's people, we come to this event a little bit differently than those who do not believe. We see it with different eyes, we hear it with different ears. We may have been afraid, but we knew that we were not alone. Here in this congregation, we started the Wednesday before the storm contacting every member of the church family that we had any kind of contact information for. For those that needed emergency information, we got it. We worked worked to make sure that everybody's evacuation plan was set. Host families took in other families. Rides to shelters were secured. And then we canceled church on Sunday. First time in over a decade of Florida ministry that Sung and I have ever had to cancel church. And it was painful because it seemed like this was the moment when the church needed to be together the most. When we were most afraid, most concerned, it seemed like that's when we should have been together because that's why the church exists. The church exists to worship God and to remind each one of us that we are in this together as the body of Christ. So instead, what happened was we ended up worshiping online. And I know, I know that I nag the church constantly about Facebook. Get it, use it, right? Because that's where we met for worship. People coming in from all over the place, wherever the church family was scattered to, they were able to check in. And so we shared scripture and prayers and hymns. And it occurred to me early on, that since our congregation was spread so far apart, both here in Bradenton and around the country, that wherever it was that church members found themselves, they needed to know that there was some support nearby. So I sent out a message to pastors and elders all over the United States, and I asked them to to pray for Kirkwood and to pray for the people of Bradenton. And so on our Facebook page, you are going to find video messages from Colorado and Illinois and Idaho and Iowa, South Carolina, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, California, New Mexico, Alaska. Even the Baptists prayed for us. (laughs) Two of the pastors, two of the pastors took cameras into their Sunday morning church services and had the whole church family 
praying for us, praying for Kirkwood. They were there for us at one of our lowest points. I can't show you all the videos, but I, I want to show you one that, that so many of you seemed to like. This is uh, Pastor Keith Grog. He's up in Montreat, North Carolina. My name's Keith Grog. I'm the pastor at Montreat Presbyterian Church in Montreat, North Carolina. I uh, not only am privileged to be a friend of, but consider myself a fan of your pastor, Hope Italiano Lee, mainly because I like to say the name Hope Italiano Lee. We, uh, there's a Florida-sized storm headed for Florida. You may have heard about this. Um, I want you to know that there are people throughout the country who are um, not only praying for you and thinking about you, but are ready, willing, and uh, very much wanting to help in any way that we can before, during, and after uh, uh, the storm comes. Um, please take advantage of opportunities uh, uh, up and down the eastern seaboard and further inland, which is probably a smart direction to move. Um, but if, uh, if you are hunkered down in Florida, know that you are not forgotten and, um, and uh, the help that we want to give is not only spiritual but tangible. Um, uh, in the meantime, you are definitely in our prayers and our thoughts. We're not going to forget you. We're not going to leave you alone. Since the storm has ended, six of those pastors have called me and said, how soon can we send teams down to you guys? I want you to remember that the church is all of us, and we are part of a larger body that cares deeply for one another. By the time the storm hit full force, the church family was already at, well at work, encouraging one another, praying for one another, and being present for one another. There are at least four little ones in our congregation who will not remember this event as something that was scary. They will remember it as the time that they got to have the big, huge sleepover with their friends at Pastor Hope's house. I know you're all jealous that, that you didn't get invited. But the parents, the parents of these little ones, myself included, will remember this as the night that the body of Christ gathered, looked at one another, and silently prayed, God be with us. And he was. Worship looked so very different last Sunday, probably more powerful than any Sunday in recent history. And when the morning came and we looked outside, I think all of us, all of us, no matter where it is that you woke up on Monday morning, looked outside with a sense of gratitude that someone who was much larger than ourselves had protected our hearts and our lives through the storm. The fact is that, that while some of us got even just a little bit of sleep, God never slept, never left us, never, ever forsakes us. Since the start of the week, God's people have responded with joy and gratitude for our circumstances, and that is the right response for us to have. I know that we're tired. I know that we're frustrated. I know that there is still a lot of anxiety, but the right response right now is to have some gratitude for our current circumstances. There were, there were members of this congregation who almost, almost beat Pastor Sung and I to this property itself. We got here as soon as the curfew was lifted on Monday. Phone calls and texts right away, all over the place, going back and forth, in and out of the church. People connecting with people who did not have power, did not have laundry, trying to get everybody back up and running. 
By Tuesday, we were able to open up Frangle Hall for those in need of relief. By Thursday, we had members going out to check on those members that we could not reach. And then the amazing thing happened. There were those in our community who had evacuated. And they started calling back. And, and quite frankly, at first, I was very skeptical of why they were calling because I was waiting for one of them to call back and say, hey, um, can you go check on my property? Check on my stuff? Not one phone call came in that way. Every phone call from our brothers and sisters who had gone out of town started like this. We're coming back. What can't you get that you need? What can we bring back? What does the church need? Do, do we need to bring back gas? Do we need to bring back water? Do we need to bring back food? That's who our church is, and that's how we understand ourselves to be. The gift of grace that God gave Kirkwood for the storm is that we have a very strong sense of community, and we understand that we do life together, which is why everybody was checking on everybody else. I don't know that anyone can ever claim to be fully prepared for an event such as this, but what we discovered about ourselves as a congregation is that we were fully prepared to be the church for one another and for those around us immediately. That doesn't happen by accident or coincidence. It happens because of the slow and steady work of the Spirit that builds up the relationships that we have. The fear that Isaiah speaks about is offset by the presence of God. We as a congregation always talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus out in the world. That's the presence of God. For this event, we got to be the hands and feet of Jesus for each other. And that's how we reminded one another that we were not alone, that God was with us by being fully present for each other in our times of fear, reminding each other that we are loved and precious to God. The kids were not afraid. You saw all the kids up here. They were not afraid of this event because they had each other. Some of them have had each other almost since birth, and they knew that they were surrounded by adults that loved them. That love that emanates from the heart of God overcomes the fear. So now we're at this moment, and many of us are exhausted, physically, mentally, emotionally, possibly spiritually. We might feel as though we are standing in the middle of a garage that is packed top to bottom, and we have no idea where to start. But I want to tell you that just by being here this morning, just by checking back in with the body of Christ, reconnecting to one another, sharing stories, sharing a meal together, that is a place to start. By returning to the heart of worship, to be in community with your fellow believers, to have the opportunity to give voice to those lingering doubts and fears and joy and gratitude that you have, this is how we start to regain our spiritual strength. In the coming weeks, we need to be really conscientious about encouraging one another. In the coming days, we have to remember that there are still members of our church family who are without power, and they're going to need places to do laundry and get showers and have a decent home-cooked meal. The basic things that all of us took for granted last week. You know what was amazing to Sung and I? Monday night. Monday night, we had lost power, and we went out. We just, we just went out for a drive just to charge our phones. And we're going down State Road 70, and there's this two-mile line of, of cars. And, and 
this is your pastor, just really bad thought. I was like, why on earth are they doing a DUI checkpoint right in the middle of a storm? Because that's what it looked like to me. It was not. It was the line for Taco Bell. <laughs> Friends, I want you to think about this. Here in Bradenton, Florida, last Monday, people waited in line for two hours to eat at Taco Bell. What had become of us? Right? Right? So we've got some work to do. Beyond the immediate, in the coming months, we need to do some theological work too. We've got to do some hard theological work and start working through some of those questions that, that are bugging us about this storm. How come Bradenton got spared? How come Barbuda didn't? Why didn't God just stop it? before it got here in the first place. These are things that, that we shouldn't just stuff down and explain away. They're things that we should start wrestling with. We've been through the storm. God was with us. Now we're going to go through the aftermath, which seems a little bit more daunting than the storm itself. Here's the good news. We don't go alone. We do not go alone. God says to Kirkwood right here, right now, you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I do not cast you off. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Let's pray together. Lord God, we have been through a week. It has been long. It has been exhausting. It has been frustrating. And you've been faithful. You have been with us at every turn. You have shown us what it means to be the body of Christ together, and we are so grateful. Be with us in the days ahead. Sustain us. Give us patience. Give us grace. Give us mercy in spades. Help us to love one another, to wrestle with those hard questions, and above all, to be reminded that you are with us always. In your name we pray. Amen.